0: Amen. And thank you, ladies, for that. That's a, a blessing there. Hear the words of Christ and his deeds, and I'm thankful for um, songs like that. And uh, I must admit that, um, you know, we, we come to church, and I, I help in the back with, uh, with the recording the sermons and different things like that, and there's a, different people here that are um, doing different parts to make sure this moves forward. And uh, we're here, and uh, it, it seems like church still to us. And, uh, you know, the last time I had the chance to preach, and Miss Jacqueline had sang, and just sitting here, and it just felt like a church service, and I was sitting there now again, and uh, I just, I can't imagine being at home, and and... Uh watching church like that and I do uh, pray for you and uh, we pray often uh, in our home. We'll pray um, for pastor that God will give him wisdom during this time and for our church body that uh, will remain faithful and to uh, look forward to that time whenever we get to come back together again and uh, praying for that day. A few other things I want to mention here real quick. Um, we, we do miss the school and uh, um, you know, I look at uh, I come here every so often and I'll go through the desks, and I'll see the different students and just uh, all the different memories we have, and uh, and so forth. And we miss all of you, and it's hard to see that. And uh, there's times whenever um, I'll see one of you students, and uh, just I want to hang out with you guys and, and different things, and really miss um, the the school. I'm praying for you guys, and we love you, and uh, just keep on doing your work and act as if you're still in school. Do Your work and get it done and uh, so forth and another thing I want to mention here is uh, we uh, it's been mentioned on the church website that you can listen to past sermons and those sermons are on there and they go back about a year and I was looking at the statistics and I saw that uh, we're at about 2000 times our sermons have been downloaded and listened to uh, from our church website or on a podcast a type of app like iTunes or, or something like that. And that's a blessing to see that uh, um, that alone has received a lot of traction. And uh, now that we've been doing the live streaming, the numbers have kind of dropped, but it's because people are watching the live streaming instead, but uh, those sermons are available and we're recording all these different sermons and uploading them still so you can watch it live or if you want to download it on some kind of app, you can go ahead and do that as well. Let's open our Bibles this evening to the book of Acts chapter number 8, Acts chapter number 8, and going to be uh, looking at... uh, several verses this evening, but uh, we're going to start in Acts chapter 8 and verse number 14. We're going to read this one verse, and then we're going to be in several passages tonight, all in the book of Acts. But we're going to start here, and we're going to study a man by the name of Philip. Uh, The Bible calls him Philip Philip. The evangelist. And that that word evangelist isn't mentioned many times in the Bible, um, but Philip was known as an evangelist. Um, The Bible teaches in the book of Ephesians that God gave some apostles and prophets uh, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and then Paul told Timothy to do the work of an evangelist. And so Philip here is what we would consider a biblical evangelist, and we can learn uh, from this man, Philip and his ministry, and I hope we could apply these things to our own lives here this evening. And so Acts chapter number 8, verse number 40, the Bible says, But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. And let's go ahead and pray this evening. Father, as we come to you, Lord, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for how you inspired it, and God, you preserved it, and we hold it in your, our hands tonight. And as we study, um, the, the, the man by the name of Philip, I pray that you'd help us to, to see what you would have for us in our lives. Lord, we, we need to serve you. We need to have a heart similar to Philip. And God, I pray that we would learn during this time, help us to grow um, in Christ, help us to be the witness you've called us to be. God, we do pray for our church body, and I look forward to that day when we can come back together. And God, I pray that even now you would begin to prepare um, hearts. And God, that time that we come back together would be a time of refreshing, a time of revival, a time of rejoicing. And God, that it would set a new um, precedent in, in our own hearts and lives of commitment to you. And until that time, Lord, I pray for our people, that you'd keep them encouraged. God, you'd keep them faithful. God, just bless them and help them. God, provide for them. And God, we love you. We thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we read this passage of Scripture, I mentioned that uh, Philip is called an evangelist. And um, the word gospel has its root in that word evangel, which just simply means good news. And when we think of Philip, here it doesn't mention him as an evangelist. We will be getting to that later on in, this, uh, in the book of Acts. But uh, he is called an evangelist. And, and what that means is simply this. He was one who carried the gospel with him. That that's simply what it means in its, its simplest terms. And while we may not necessarily all be called to be an official evangelist that goes about preaching, gets ordained and so forth, every single one of us has the responsibility to carry the gospel with them. Um, Jesus, when he came preaching, he came preaching the good news, he came preaching glad tidings. Uh, John the Baptist, whenever he saw Jesus, he said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. And we see that he had that same type of gospel message. And, And you find that Jesus committed to them to go into all the world and preach the gospel. To every creature. Um, The other day, I was on the internet and I saw one of my pastor friends in Southern California, and he was doing the live streaming and all that. And just like our church, people are sending pictures in and different things like that. And he said, "I don't know what to make of this." And it showed a little kid on a pillow, and on his pillow next to him was a turtle, and they're both watching uh, the preaching there. And I thought that was kind of funny, and I commented and I said, "Every creature, amen." And so every creature is watching the gospel. But you look at that, and God told us to go and to carry the gospel to. Every creature to, to go out and to preach the gospel um, as far as we can and as 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 deep as we can and as far as we can go and and you see that we're all to carry the gospel with us. And so Philip was doing what God had told him to do. A little bit of a backstory here with this person named Philip. Uh, there's uh, several different thoughts, but when you read, um, you find that they had elected uh, some, some deacons in their church there in Jerusalem, and the name Philip appears in that list. And Philip, I believe, met the qualifications of a deacon that you find in the book of 1 uh, um, Timothy and uh, the book of Titus. And so he was a qualified man. He was an official man. He was sent out of the church of Jerusalem he had an authority over him he wasn't a lone ranger doing his own thing. See when people read this passage and they see that he was in Azotus and he preached in all these different cities. I've known some people to say well um, Philip didn't have an ascending church and Philip didn't have an authority but when you read further in the book of Acts and you find them uh, electing the deacons he he was one of them and he had uh, an authority over him as he went out and preached the gospel He, he wasn't a lone ranger And so you find him here in this city of Azotus. And and we're going to look at this chapter in a little more in depth, but just for the sake of um, explanation here, you find Philip was um, preaching to a whole city, and then God called him to an individual. And he preached to both the, the one and the many. And, and yet you find him now, God is leading him away to another place. And it reminds me of Jesus whenever the people were seeking for him. And he said that he had to go um, to the other cities. And so Philip is going now. And if you look at the maps in your Bible, and you look at the route that would be taken from Azotus to Caesarea, which would have been his home because later on we find him living in Caesarea. Um, you find that there would have been between 12 and 15 cities that he would have preached in from Azotus to Caesarea. And when you consider that thought, and you look at Philip, he, he preached till he got to his home. And he went everywhere he could, uh, trying to go to everywhere he could to, to, to reach people with the gospel. And when we look at that thought, uh, all of us um, go abroad. We, we may not go all over northern New Mexico. Some of us do. I know some of the people within our church and their jobs demand that they're over here and over there and all these different places and, and so forth. And I, I get that. Uh, that's some of the work. but We don't travel as much like that, but there are some that do. But um, regardless of whether it's going from here to Cuba, New Mexico, or staying in Española, um, wherever we go, we ought to be That evangelist. We ought to be that one that carries the gospel with them. And so Philip, um, he he did that till he got to his home. And may I suggest here tonight that uh, everywhere we go until we get to our home in heaven, we carry the gospel with us. And so what did Philip have in his life that compelled him to carry the gospel? Um, And we're going to look at a few things here this evening um, to be like Philip the evangelist. The first thing we find is this, that Philip had a powerful command. Go in your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter number 1, Acts chapter number 1. And you see here in verse number 8, this is one of the five verses where Jesus commissioned his church to go out into all the world and preach the gospel. And so Acts chapter 1 in verse number 8 Jesus is speaking, and he tells them, But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And so you find here, Philip um, understood this command that had been given. And you read all that's going on, and you find in John, at the end of the Gospel of John, that uh, Jesus had told them, in the upper room, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And he told them to, to tarry in Jerusalem until they were endued with power from on high. He breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. And, and you look at this, and, and I believe that Jesus started his church... In his ministry, um, he, he said there in the gospel of Matthew chapter number 16, um, upon um, uh, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's Acts, uh, Mar- Matthew chapter um, 16. In Matthew chapter 18, um, Jesus is dealing with the uh, offenses in the church and he, he makes the famous statement where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst thereof, and he's referring to a local church and, and uh, people coming together that were once at odds with each other, making things right, and gaining your brother, and Jesus being present in a local assembly, and he gives the instructions whenever there are people at odds with each other, and he says, first you go to each other, and if he will not hear you, then you take another person, and if he will not hear you and that other person, then you take it to the church. And so he said in Matthew 16 that he was going to build it. In Matthew 18, he's speaking as if it's already in construction and being or have been built. And so you see that Jesus started his church in his ministry. He formed that body. But as God formed Adam in the garden... Adam didn't become alive until God breathed in him and gave him the breath of life and man became a living soul. And I believe Jesus was forming that body... But then you look at um, Acts chapter 2, and and you see them um, being empowered. It was God breathing into that assembly and giving his power to the local church. And so Jesus tells them in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, but ye shall receive power. They're they're looking forward to this promise of power. They're looking forward to the promise where Jesus said, tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And so he's giving them this promise of power now when you think of this power the the word power is mentioned two times um in the great commission matthew chapter 28 he he said all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth go ye therefore and and that power is an authoritative power we often talk about the powers that be referring referring to authority and jesus said all power is given to me Go ye therefore, based upon my authority, based upon who I am, go out. You have authority from God. God gave the church, the local church, authority to go out and to preach the gospel. But this power in the book of Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 is not an authoritative power. It's a power similar to dynamite where there's an explosion, there's an impact, a a difference is made. And let me say this, we need both types of power. We cannot go out in our own authority and we cannot go out in our own strength we need the authority that God gives through the local church to go out and preach the gospel but we need the power of God we need the touch of God we need the breath of God in our ministry and in our lives if we're gonna do what God wants us to do and so Philip understood This command, he he went out and the authority that was given to him um, by the local church, but when he went out, a whole city got saved. And you see both type of powers there in Acts chapter number 8. And so you see the authority that was given, and then you see the dynamite, the influence, the impact that uh, Philip had on that uh, city. And so you find here this power, a powerful Command. But then you see Philip had a personal commitment. Again, you look at Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me. Notice this next statement. Both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part, of the earth. The, the, Jesus lived in Jerusalem and we understand that. That's where he was crucified and, and that's where he had given these commandments and he ascended up into heaven there from that mount there. And so you see that he's saying, here's where we're at, but you got to go beyond yourself. Um, you know, a lot of times there's uh, churches that have this mindset, we for and no more. And understand this here today, I understand we need to take a stand and we're separated, independent Baptists and, and all that sort of thing, King James, the, the whole nine lords, I, I totally get that. But sometimes we, we could make a hobby horse of these things and from that point we don't go out and reach people the way we ought to. And I remember hearing about a church, for instance, where um, these two churches were at odds with each other. And whatever one church did, the other church that next Sunday, they they preached against that church. And then that church would preach against that church. and, And they made their preaching all about just the other church there and they just split over things and and it was sad to see that and I understand we need to take our stand and I understand we are what we are and and I take that same stand I'm as as Baptist as they come and from the top of my head down to the sole of my shoe I'm a Baptist I know that's not much but I know what I am and I'm not ashamed of that but at the same time I've known it to where people they, they, they make that such a strong point that they don't go out and reach beyond themselves they don't go out and reach beyond the walls of their building and understand this I'm as local church as they come but our local churches need to reach our local communities and we need to reach beyond our communities and And Jesus has said look you're in Jerusalem but you need to go to, to, to Judea um, that's beyond you there and then you need to go to Samaria and that was a group of people that the Jews didn't want to go to and then to the uttermost part of the earth just get as far as you can and he uses that word, you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. While, while you're reaching locally, you need to be reaching abroad. And, and I, I, I preach these things and, and I'll just share my heart um, we were getting ready for mission conference before all this stuff happened. And I've been preaching these things to our youth and, and uh, to our, our youth group and also to our, our school. And it's just been on my heart, this idea of going out beyond ourselves. And, and you see here, he said at the same time, both, both. Um, Not just one, and then you neglect the other. Not just the other, and you neglect the one. I remember hearing um, the story of a a church down in the south where um, things can be racist there, and uh, the the pastor had taken on a work, and uh, there was an apartment complex across the street that was full of people who were not the, the, the race of the majority of the church that he had just taken on and he asked how can we don't go over there and, and they said well, we just don't go there and um, within a week of um, taking on that church he went door knocking there and split the church um, within a week and, and he went to the people and he said we're hypocrites because we will pay a person to go all the way to another country to, to reach a people group that's different than us but we won't even cross the street to go and reach people in our own community that is hypocritical we need to reach at the same time and so Jesus said that we're to, to be with in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost part of the earth to get beyond our comfort zone, to get um, beyond uh, what, what we're used to and to go to the regions beyond us and to be like Paul where he said, I have made all things to all men that by all means I might save some. And so Philip had this powerful command, but he had a personal commitment. That, that was all laying groundwork to the fact that he said to be a witness, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost part of the earth. Go to Acts chapter number 8. Up until this point, they had only been in Jerusalem. They hadn't reached beyond themselves. They hadn't reached that far. Now granted, the whole world was brought to them in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost and there were 17 nations that were represented and and people began to go back uh, after they had gotten saved. You find that later on in the book of Acts, they find people who were saved um, that I believe had gotten saved during that time in Acts chapter 2. But the simple fact was this, that that church that Jesus had established had stayed where they were and they didn't go beyond themselves. And so... In Acts chapter 8, the Bible says, And Saul was consenting unto his death. That's the death of Stephen. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. Again, a local assembly, um, not a universal assembly. And uh, they were all scattered abroad throughout uh, the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Because of the persecution, they had to be scattered. Jesus had to send something big in order for them to get the job done. Now, let me just stop and pause and say this. Could it be that what we're experiencing right now is God sending something big to help us to get the job done, to, to realize that, that we need to do the job, that we need to be faithful, that we need revival, that we need the touch of God, that we need our local church, and, and so forth, and Often they make the statement, the exception proves the rule. And the simple fact is this, um, we need the local church. And the fact that we are the way we are um, is proof that we need the local church so much the more. And so you see that uh, sometimes God, though, he will stir things up just to show us what we're lacking, just to show us what we need. And so God stirred things up and he allowed um, Stephen to be killed there in the book of Acts. And they stoned him to death. And so, it says that everyone went, they were scattered abroad, except the apostles. And let me give you a thought to consider here. The people who went out and did the work of evangelizing, it wasn't the preachers, it was the people. The people of that church. It says there again, verse 1, And Saul was consenting, he gave him permission to kill Stephen, Saul was consenting unto his death, And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. The preachers weren't the ones that were going out. It was the people of that church. Verse 2, And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house, and hailing men and women, committed them um, to prison Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Again, it was the people that had been sent out by that church. It was the people. And they went out and they were preaching. I remember um, our dear friend, Brother Sal, We've talked about him several times. Pastors mentioned him and uh, his prayer and so forth. And I've known Brother Sal since I was about 16 years old, and I'm uh, 35 now. And so I've known him. I knew him more more than half my life. And uh, and Brother Sal was near and dear to me. He was a man who signed uh, off on my certificate of ordination, laid hands on me, and uh, within one year's time, within actually I say one year's within um, 14 months, uh, three men on my certificate of ordination um, had passed away, and uh, just reminded me so. So much of how important the commission of the gospel is. But I remember Brother Sal had the privilege of making prayer cards for him. And he said, I don't want a regular prayer card. I want a bookmarker so people can put it in their Bibles. And as they read their Bible, they could see our face and pray for us. And that was Brother Sal. And his verse was Acts 8, 4. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. And if you knew Brother Sal, you knew that was his desire, was to go and preach the word everywhere he went. And and he preached in a lot of places, and he started a lot of churches, and he had lived up to this, and I'm thankful for for men like that. And and you see here that these people were going out doing the work, and then you read in verse number 5, Then Philip, this is Philip the Evangelist, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, um, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did for unclean spirits, uh, crying with loud voice came out of them, out of many that were possessed with them, and uh, many were taken with palsies that were lame, were healed, and there was great joy in that city. And so I mentioned he had a powerful command. Um, He had a personal commitment. They, They had been in Jerusalem And as they had been in Jerusalem, God allowed persecution. And with that persecution, they began to go to those regions beyond. And Jesus said to be a witness both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria. And then you see here verse number um, 5. Then Philip went down to the city. Of Samaria he he did what was expected of him there was a level of commitment that he had where he said I'm going to do what God told me to do now granted it had to come by way of persecution and sometimes God has to smack us around to get our attention but the simple fact is this are we going to do what God said to do are we committed to the cause of Christ and Philip was committed and I don't doubt that Philip wanted to preach the gospel they just hadn't gone beyond and when God stirred things up he said you know what time for me to go. And he went out and preached the gospel. And, and he did what God had told him to do. And he, he went to Samaria, one of the places where he was uh, commanded to go, where um, God had commanded his church to go. And as he went, uh, th- there was great joy in that city. And a whole city got saved. Now time um, forbids me, but if you look at uh, the Gospel of John, chapter four, and you read about the woman at the well, um, Jesus um, was ministering to this woman, and as uh, Jesus was um, then done with her, um, she went back to the city and said, "Come see a man who has told me all things ever I did. Is not this the Christ?" And and then uh, the Jesus was preaching to his his disciples, and they asked if he wanted food, and he said, "I have meat to eat that you know not of." And then he he told them, um, "Lift up your eyes and look in the." fields for their white already to harvest and I believe as he said that um, that woman was coming back with the people that she had won to the Lord and Jesus abode there two days and and he told the the disciples that you're going to enter into ground um, you're going to get fruit where where you didn't labor and you're going to enter into another man's labors and then you find Philip walking into a city and preaching, and everybody getting saved. I believe it was the testimony of the woman at the well there. That's my own personal belief. But nevertheless, Philip went where Jesus told him to go. Samaria. There was a personal commitment. So one, there was a powerful command. Two, there was a personal commitment. Three, he preached Christ. Look again at verse number five. Then Philip went down to the city Of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. That was the focal point of his message, and a lot of times people will look at the next verses about the healing and the demons. And they base their ministry on that and they make that the focal point of their message um, when really the focal point ought to be Jesus. Amen. He, he's the one. And if Jesus sees fit to, to allow us to preach the devil out of someone, so be it. Amen. But uh, as far as uh, healing people and so forth, those things have been with, done away with. And you read um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, um, when that which is perfect has come, that which is in part shall be done away with. The sign gifts are gone. Um, but the simple fact is this, the message has stayed the same. Uh, to go and to preach the gospel to every Christian Preacher. And Jesus Christ said, "Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son and in the name of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you alway, even unto the end of the world." And so we see here that um, He promises to be with us to the end of the world. And with His promise comes that command to preach the gospel. Every generation needs to reach its generation. David Livingstone made the statement. This generation can only reach this generation. The next generation can't reach this generation. The previous generation can't reach this generation. This one needs to reach its own generation. And so um, the, the gifts have been done away with the signed gifts, but the commitment to preach the gospel remains the same. Every generation needs the gospel to be preached to it. And so he preached Christ. Unto them, it says in Acts chapter 8 and verse number 5. But you go further down to verse number 26, after this great revival and a whole city getting saved, God deals with Philip and he tells him, okay, you're done here, now you got to go somewhere else. And you read in verse number 26, it says, And the angel of the Lord um, spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go go um, south unto the way that goeth from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, and eunuch of great authority unto Candace, um, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near, and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him, and heard him read uh, the prophet Isaiah, and said unto him, and said, "Um, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, how can I, except some man should guide me? And Philip desired um, that he would come up and sit with him. And so you see here, Philip is is witnessing to this man. He had preached the the city in in, in the city of uh, Samaria. And uh, now um, the Spirit of God told him to go um, over here. And as he went over there, there was this one person. And this one person was reading out of Isaiah, the prophet. And uh, he said, understandest thou what thou readest? And I like what it says in verse 31. The man responds and said, how can I accept some man should guide me? He he didn't say, how can I accept a priest should guide me? He didn't say, how can I accept a pastor should guide me? He didn't say, how can I accept a a Pharisee or a scribe or or one of these uh, high and lifted up people? Um, As we know, Jesus, how he he looked at the the Pharisees and scribes and Sadducees. He, He didn't look for a person of stature. He said, how can I accept some man should guide me? Just anybody. Now, you've heard the statement, but it's been said, and I'll say it. I'm just a nobody telling everybody about somebody who can save anybody. That's what he's looking for right there. Philip was one who carried the gospel with him. Remember, again, the the name evangelist, one who carries the gospel. Philip carried the gospel with him. Understandest thou what thou readest? How can I accept some man should guide me? Just somebody tell me what this means. And so as he begins to teach, look at verse 32. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a, a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb done before his shearer, so opened not he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. This is a quoting out of Isaiah chapter 53, one of my favorite chapters of the Bible, and it's referring to a prophecy of Jesus Christ on the cross and his resurrection, and verse 34 And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture, and look at this, and preached unto him Jesus. Again, Philip preached Christ. Um, He had a powerful command. He had a personal commitment. He preached Christ. Christ. Uh, that is what he was known for, was to, to be a Christian. There, there was a man in our church in Taos, and he had an office and um and uh, they're in the office um clients would come in he'd deal with them and so forth and and every once in a while I'd see him go to our track rack and he'd take out a stack of about this thick about a hundred or so tracks and and he'd do that every maybe quarter or so and I said good for him he's getting tracks out and and uh, one day um, I ended up uh, having to go to his office and as I went to his office I, I found out why he w- would take about that many um, every time he uh, every quarter or so and it's because he had a little spot in his desk and he would uh, put the gospel tracts there in his desk and he was a professional and yet he still would try to witness to people and, and uh, someone later on said have you ever been to so and so's office and I said yeah he goes yeah he has that um, that Christian literature all over the place and I said good for him hey man he, he gives the gospel everywhere he goes and you see Philip was doing the same thing here he was in Samaria he preached uh, Christ uh, you see there when he's dealing with the Ethiopian eunuch he preached Jesus unto him he preached Christ. He opened his mouth and began the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And then as you read the progression of this, verse 36, I just want to mention this um, because I love to mention it. It says, And as they went on their way, um, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? And if you have any other version of the Bible besides the King James, um, verse 37 is going to be missing. It says, And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water. He didn't get a bowl and sprinkle it. They went into the water, the Bible says, and uh, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him there. And so I, I read that because of the fact that uh, in modern Bible versions, verse number 37 is missing and basically it says this. Here's water, and they go and get uh, baptized, and and you miss the confession of the eunuch. You miss uh, the fact that this man got saved and and in other Bibles um, he doesn't get saved. He goes down a wet sinner comes up a wet sinner, but you read in the King James Bible and he confesses Christ. Uh, what the Bible says, um, With the heart man believeth unto, unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. This man confessed Christ, and as a result of his confession, then was he baptized. And so you see here, that's the order that God has. it. You don't get baptized as a baby. You don't get baptized as a a child unless you've been saved. Uh, You have to first be saved and then you get baptized. And so other Bible versions, verse number 37, is missing. But in all this, Christ was the focal point. Christ was the message. And so you see here, Philip had a powerful command. Philip had a personal commitment. Philip preached Christ. I'm going to say this here and this will be our last point. Philip, his preaching didn't change. Go to Acts chapter number 21. Acts chapter 21. Years later, Paul is now pretty much the focal point of the book of Acts. As he's going around preaching, you're, you're looking at the ministry of Paul and And as he's making his way back to Jerusalem uh, to eventually be taken captive, he made the statement, none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself. He said, I'm going to to serve Christ even if it kills me. And so he's making his way back to Jerusalem knowing that bonds and afflictions abide him. And on his way there, he stops in Caesarea. Now remember, when we started this uh, lesson here tonight, The Bible says, but Philip was found at Azotus and passing through. He preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. That's where he was from. And so now Paul is in Caesarea. He's in the hometown of Philip. And Philip's there. And you read in verse number 8. It says, the next day, we that were of Paul's company departed and came unto Caesarea. And we entered into the house of Philip the evangelist which was one of the seven, those deacons there from Acts chapter number one, or not Acts chapter one, um, uh, later on in Acts, whenever they had to um, go and um, make deacons in the local church, there he was one of the seven, it says, and abode with him. So you find here, years later, he was still an evangelist. And what that tells us is that he didn't change in his message. Like I said, he was committed and he was committed for years. And I believe he stayed an evangelist until he died. He carried the same message. He, he carried the same hope. He, he preached the same thing. He, he didn't change. And, and I'm going to say this here today. We live in a day and age where people are changing their message. A lot of preachers are and it's sad to see that. And I, I've seen people just totally leave the faith altogether that were once God-called preachers. I, I remember in Bible college, there was men that would get up in our preacher boy classes and preach with conviction, tears falling down their eyes. I'm going to be a preacher of the gospel. and But by the grace of God, we're still in it. But there's a lot of people who aren't. And, and they, they stopped um, preaching. They're, they're no longer what they said they were going to be. And Philip remained an evangelist through the persecution, through, through the paganism that was all around him, through the hardships, through everything that was taking place, he, he stayed committed to that gospel message. And I want to challenge us here. As we look at all that's going on, all of us have a personal, or excuse me, a powerful command. He said, Go. Um, our local church has been commissioned to go, um, both to the regions beyond us and in our local area. We've been commanded. To go, and there's power with that command, authority from Christ through the church. There's power with that command, a dynamite power. We all have this command, members of Valley Bible Baptist Church, and and do we follow that command? We need to have a personal commitment. I'm going to stay faithful to this. I'm going to be a faithful um, Christian, even in spite of hard times. Remember. They were scattered abroad because of the persecution that arose at the church at Jerusalem. But yet they were committed unto it. They didn't let hardships keep them from being faithful. They were committed. As they were committed, they they, they preached Christ. That's what they were known for. And years down the road, the preaching didn't change. You see that commitment there. And so I want to challenge us this evening. Let's learn from Philip. And let's be the evangelist that God has called us to be. Let's reach um, people um, in our lives, in our streets, in our work, and in, in our um, neighborhoods, in our family, as we go about us. So Let's try to give out gospel tracts. I know it's a little hard right now, and we're going out giving out the... Um, the, the mailers throughout the different post offices in our area um, I, I'd say you know because it, it happened to be Good Friday that we're giving out the gospel tracts and say here's a tract about the cross here on Good Friday I want you read this and most of the people took it but there was one person that uh, you know they looked like they were ready to go into a radioactive treatment center and all that like I can't take it I'm not going to take it they were afraid uh, to take the gospel tract there and, and I didn't try to push it on them I, I just said well if you get a chance to read one of the postcards go ahead and read that and, and so forth but um, nevertheless Uh, people they may not be taking the tracks the way they ought to which means we have to start speaking amen we can't rely on those things we need to be the witness that God has called us to be and so let's use this as an opportunity to to fuel us um, to encourage us to strengthen us to to, to get on board and say I'm going to do what God wants us to do and do my part in reaching um, my Jerusalem um, this area of northern New Mexico uh, and my Judea, this region of the southwest, uh, uh, my Samaria, the, uh, the whole country and to the uttermost part of the earth. Let's reach our areas. Let's be what God has called us to be. And so with that, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, as we come to you, Lord, God, I thank you for the example of Philip. And God, I pray that you'd help us to see that we all have been given this command and God, that we would take it serious and that we would be committed to the cause of Christ and years from now people would know that we're still faithful to the cause of Christ help us we pray we ask in Jesus name with your head bowed and your eyes closed there in your homes is God dealing with you about a call is God dealing with you about being a witness maybe you don't have the testimony you should let's get those things right let's be what God expects us to be let's serve the way he wants us to serve let's reach our area let's try to witness to our family to our loved ones to our co-workers to our neighbors and and all the different people let's be a light and as Philip everywhere he went he carried the gospel everywhere we go we should carry the gospel with us and share it with others that's what he wants out of us that's what God wants out of us and so I want to challenge us let's be what God wants us to be